So we wanted to, to, to start us off, we really wanted to define meditation because it really is an important aspect because we do, if you read through the scriptures over and over, you hear the words meditate on the word. Uh, I shall meditate uh, on your precepts, precepts. I, I should meditate on your goodness. There's all these things that the scripture talks about and uses the word meditate and it was interesting that uh, when we looked into the Hebrew aspect of med meditate was like murmur a little bit kind of it's it's always should be on your lips and on your mind and then of course we we went in, into the Shema Deuteronomy 6 4 it says we know uh, hero Israel the Lord our God the Lord is one love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul with all your strength and then it talks about these commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts impress them on your children talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road when you lie down and when you get up and I love that aspect of it that the, the word the commandments I mean this is in Deuteronomy which starts off 600 and what was it 33 613 613 laws and they start off with let's talk about this you know like make sure you're talking about this remember there's no there's no bible apps there's no books like this the only way you know it is if you continuously repeat it i don't know how you guys memorize things i for me i gotta say it over and over and over again that's that's how i memorize verses memorize songs memorize whatever is important or important to me so when they're talking about it they, they want you want it to be on your lips and on your mind i love how it ends when you lie down and when you get up that are those are your thoughts and that was one of the continuation we talked about it last week how um, jewish people that would wake up and the first thing they do when they wake up there's a prayer and before they go to sleep the last thing that they do was prayer there was always thanking god for waking us up and preparing us for the day and then we were thanking god for pushing us through, through the day and please keep me safe while i sleep you know so there was oh god was from the from the morning to the end right so uh when we talk about meditation the the verse that as soon as we started talking about what meditation was it was this uh what do we say pre Premeditated. Premeditated. Like we're thinking when we talk about meditation, we talk premeditated. When you guys think of premeditated, we talk about like premeditated murder, right? It's, it's that's what everybody say. What does that mean to for it to be a premeditated premeditated murder? These people have planned it out. They thought this through every aspect of it, and I think that's how meditation looks like. I, I love and. But for good. But for good. Yeah, 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 yeah. But for good. For good. But for good. So when we were talking about it, the first verse that popped into my head is the verse that I share with every man that that disciple is this uh, Psalm 119. And, and we're just going to look into it a little bit. Psalm 19, 9 through... 119. 119. Verses 9 through 16. And I love... Psalm 19 is my favorite verse of... Favorite psalm. And... It has, it's very long. It has 176 verses. And most of these verses are about God's law and the love that um, they have 
for for the for the uh, commands for the law for God for everything else. So I would really um, encourage you guys to to sit down and read through these verses because they're beautiful and they very much um, give to God and to focus on God. So Psalm one nineteen and nine it says, "How can a young man keep his ways pure?" It says, "By le by living." according to your word i seek you with all my heart do not let me stray from your commands i have hidden your words in my heart that i might not sin against you praise be to you O lord teach me your decrees with my lips i recount all the laws that come from your mouth i rejoice in following your statutes as in one rejoices in great riches i meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will ne I will not neglect your word. So a lot of times when men like, well, how can I live a pure life? I'm like, all right, perfect. Got you. It's, it's right here. It's very simple by living according to your word. How do we live according to it? We got to know the word. It's got to be on, on our lips. It's got to be on, on our, in our hearts. It's got to be some, everything that I talk about. That when I'm when, when I'm by myself, that those are the thoughts that come through my head because we never know when we're gonna be challenged. We never know when we're gonna be attacked. So I wanna. This is the premeditated. This is where the premeditated uh, comes into. That I don't want to wait till anxiety hits for me to start looking in the Bible to find out what verse can help me to work through this in anxiety. I don't want to come to a time of, of sickness and I, I was like, oh, there should be a verse somewhere in the Bible. I want to, if a sickness comes along, I write, right away out of my heart and out of my lips, I have a verse, a promise from God that can work into the situation that I'm in. So that's, that's why it's the importance of meditating on this word. Hmm. Well, what is what's more about the Christian meditation, the separation? Right. So the the key that we we really want to to start off with is understanding that meditation was a rich originally a Judeo Christian concept, and what has been taken by Eastern religion is not the same thing as God's original intention for meditation. So the scriptures, in and of themselves, originally. Uh, if you think about it, there was there was oral tradition before there was written word. And so the way the scriptures were passed on, people did not know how to read or write or different things. And so it was it was passed on through memorization, through the reciting of the word. So the scriptures were written in a certain way. They were they were not written to be read the way that we read them now. Not that there's anything wrong with reading and studying, but the scriptures were actually written in the Hebrew language in their they're mathematically ordered they're poetically ordered they're meant to be recited and memorized and they were specifically known as as hebrew uh hebrew meditative literature so it's actually were the words were meant for meditation so when we when we think of meditation we have to start by reclaiming that the associations that we now have in modern day culture are actually a twisted a twisted form of what God originally intended. Mm -hmm. So meditation is really at the heart, heart, heart 
of Christianity. And so we've been talking over the last few weeks about how worship, right, is a response to God, how prayer even is a response to God, that it starts with hearing from God first. Well, meditation, meditation is how we learn to hear from God. Because if we sit there and we listen, but we're like, I don't know, is that God or is that just my head? Like the meditation is, it, it's an immersion into God's word and it's teaching and impressing God's word on our heart so that in times of trial and times of hardship, his word is already inside of us. And it's, it's like learning, if you've learned a new language, a second language, it's very much the same thing. You immerse yourself in that language day and night. You listen to the music right? You, you engage in conversation, you surround yourself with people who speak the language, you practice, 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 practice until you can think in that language, you can dream in that language, you can speak and understand fluently in that language. Well, we're not citizens of this world and scripture is meant to be the way that we learn the language of God so that when you're in your quiet place and you're listening for the voice of God and something pops into your head, you're like, mm, no, that's not of God. And you can discern because how many of us have had an experience where someone is like, well, thus say the Lord told me <laughs> or the Lord one of the most dangerous is God told me to tell you, okay, that that's so dangerous. And it's like, did he, did he really? And so we, we won't know in our quiet time, whether it's our own imagination, whether it's the enemy deceiving us until we root and ground ourselves in the word and we do that by meditating on the word meditating is very different from studying yeah studying is its own discipline it has its own place that's when you incorporate you know commentaries and this and that and you're breaking apart the hebrew and the greek or you know there's a million ways to study meditating is literally it's just like chewing you're just chewing on it chewing on it chewing on it and you're trying to impress it scripture says uh on your heart, like the verse that my husband read, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Later in that same Psalm, Psalm 119, it says, I run in the path of your commands for you have set my heart free. So this is a really important thing for us to understand is that our heart is deceitful, right? And out of the overflow of our heart, our mouth speaks, our mind, you know, the heart actually directs most of what we do. And in order to give our heart to the Lord and to be transformed from the inside out, what we do is we meditate on scripture and it becomes etched in our hearts. It becomes written in our hearts and, and it changes so that when you're in a moment, you know, when you stub your toe, you know, the, the first thing that comes to mind might be a scripture verse instead of a cuss word. Like these are the things that we're trying to do through meditation. And if we let other religions hijack something that is so essential and so fundamental to Christianity, we are really, really missing out. Because again, if prayer is a response, you know, we, we pour out our hearts to God, but then we listen, right? Well, we have to be able to hear him. We have to be able, and meditation is one of the ways that we learn to hear him. And it says in uh, 2 Timothy 3.16, it says, scripture is God breathed useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be equipped for every good work. So that's what scripture is meant to do is that as we, as we marinate in it, that it starts to change us. It starts to transform our mind. It starts to transform our hearts. Um, and it's that is it's practice, it's exercise. And then I'll just one more thing is that one of the huge distinctions between Eastern 
concepts of meditation and Christian concepts is that in Eastern meditation, you're supposed to empty yourself, right? You're supposed to detach yourself from the world around you and you're supposed to elevate yourself to transcendental higher understanding, right? And become like one with the universe. Christian meditation is completely the reverse. You attach yourself to God and you realize that you are not independent and you are nothing apart from him. And instead of ascending, you actually descend into the depths. You immerse yourself. You go down deep into the dark parts of your heart and all of your doubt and your worry and your anxiety and your fear. And you expose it to the word of God and, and his light shines in you. So you don't have to go looking for the light. The light is, is right here. Your word is a light unto my feet, right? And a lamp unto my path. But if, we, if we're not meditating on it, if we're not chewing on it, and I'm not just talking about just memorizing. I mean, the, memorizing is a sub-facet of meditation. But allowing and just sitting with the word of God, and, and like my husband was doing during communion, where you take a scripture and you, and you just picture, like you're reading about Peter, you know, coming off of the boat and walking on the water, and you're visualizing, you're seeing the whole thing happening, and you're, you're praying about God, what is this story? What are you trying to tell me? How does this connect to my life? And, and you don't just fly through the story, but again, you, you immerse yourself in the scripture and you marinate on it from the minute you get up to the minute you go to bed all throughout the day while you're driving. And there is a time and place where you just silence everything and you learn to quiet yourself. And eventually as meditation becomes more habitual and we get used to it, you can do it anywhere, anytime, any place. But initially, it really takes practice and discipline. Again, not to center yourself and clear your mind, but to focus your mind and hear God's still small voice, right? Because he doesn't come screaming and yelling. He comes in a whisper. Mm-hmm. And if we're busy with blasting music and busy schedules and grocery lists and to-do lists from work, we're not going to be able to hear him. And this is why meditation is so, so important because it requires you to be still. And what is the scripture? Be still and know that I am God. So the only way we will know that it's God speaking to us is if we learn his voice and the only way that we will hear him and know his voice is if we're still enough and quiet enough and we take in his word and chew on it enough that we recognize the sound of his voice authentically. Yeah, I think that was a challenge. That's something that I, I learned from Trish a long time ago. She was preaching a sermon a while ago and she was teaching about about hearing from God. And when she when she taught and she, she said this whole thing, she's like, this is God 101. Like, you know, if you want to learn Spanish, it's Spanish 101, you know, with, with God. But but you, we can't skip to other things. You, you got to get the one-on-one down. And the word of God, the Bible, is that one-on-one. So that way, when he starts speaking, the people a lot of times are like, well, I don't know how he's, if, he, if that's him. It's like, well, is this lining up to the one-on-one? Is this lining up to, does this sound what he says through the word of God, you know, because sometimes people like to take one verse and they're like, oh, this is aligns with it. Or like, the, uh, how it, what do I say? 
what did I read? Scripture, scripture defines scripture. You know, scripture defines, is, is there more scriptures that kind of put power behind what God is speaking to you? You know, but you need to know the word. You got to read the word. You got to meditate on the word. You got to hide it. You got to memorize it. It's all these things. It's like, for again, first time I listened to Christian meditation, all I thought it would be like, Jesus is good. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is, and I'm just going to say this for the next next two hours you know or through the day but there's so much more to meditation it's this hiding hiding of him in my heart it's i think it's it's such a wonderful thing and there's so much to it when we give time to let us embrace or embrace the scripture and the teaching and and the smelling the the, the ocean like like, as we were talking about it, I was like, where would I want to picture myself? I want to be on the on the beach when when Peter runs out and Jesus is talking to him like, do you love me? I'm like, I want to be sitting right there smelling that fish and watching the face of Peter's face. Like, man, you messed up. You know, but I want to be there to see Jesus just absolutely loving on him during that. I want to be there. And all of a sudden, this becomes a little bit different. As we were talking, I'm like, Job. Job, but then at 42.5, he says, I've heard of you, but now I have seen you. And I think when we meditate on the word, that's kind of where we get, where we heard the scriptures, we even read the scriptures, but when we pause and meditate on the scripture and put ourselves into that scripture, making it live to us, it becomes a little bit more powerful, a little bit more different to us. Like I... This is the first time ever when we did the communion. Like, this was not planned. This has just got put on my heart. And I was like, I want to see it. And I'm sitting there, and I'm trying to picture sitting the Jesus. Somebody knocks on the door. <laughs> Jesus knocking on the door. And I open the door, and here's Jesus. He's like, hey, I'm here. What are we eating? And sitting down with him and him breaking bread. And he's like, hey, here you go. Like, Louis, I think I would be weeping the whole time. I, I don't know. It's, it's just, but it it did something. It did something for me. And trying to, to to imagine now taking taking the scripture. I mean, I can't imagine doing every verse in the Bible, but these scriptures that I have memorized, the scriptures, the passages that I have known and taught and heard being taught, making it more real like that as we meditate on it. And then it becomes more powerful, becomes more intimate. It's that whole not just hearing, but seeing. Um, here in, in the still verse 1, I'm telling you, uh, Psalm 119, this powerful says, Oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it all day long. You command, your commands make me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever with me. And here it is. I have more insight than all my teachers, for I meditate on your statues. And he's kind of saying like this teachers, they know the word and they know the scriptures and everything else, but I meditate on them. There's a difference between it. Like there's, if they're his teachers, they know more than him, but because he pauses and meditates on the scriptures, it separates him, separates him a little bit more because he's putting a little bit more into it. Yeah. And I think, oh, because I was, it was bothering me because all the scriptures that I was reading through, I was, I was seeing them in, in the Old Testament, and then, then I realized, this is how Jesus lived his life. He meditated on his word, and he knew God's, 
God's will and God's God's um, voice. God's voice in John twelve forty nine. Jesus is talking to the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and he says, "For I did not speak of my own accord, but the Father who sent me commanded me what to say and how to say it." I know that his command leads to eternal life. So whatever I say is just what the Father has told me to say. So Jesus had this relationship where he would go every morning to meditate, right? How many scriptures are there when they're like, they found him praying. He found him by himself somewhere, right? What is he doing? He's seeking God's will, just like before the cross. We talked about it last week. Before the cross, he, he goes and he prays. He already knows the God's will because he knows what God has, but he's still talking to him and like, hey, not my will, but your will be done. But if you can take this cup from me, he knows God's voice. Same thing, same, same thing here in John. He's like, hey, the things that I say, it's because my father told me to say it because I have meditated on his word. I saw, I seek his face and I know what he wants me to say. And he spoke with, and that's why everybody was always amazed on, on, on his teaching because they're like he speaks like the one who speaks with authority. That's a big thing. Other people, Pharisees and Sadducees, did not speak like that with authority. I think uh, one of our uh, devotionals a couple of days ago on the Bible app, they talked about that the difference between teachers and teachers that spoke with authority. They had enough power understanding that they can speak above the scriptures like some people they're like here's a scripture but they, they were like this is what the scripture means we have authority to identify and jesus that's how jesus spoke why because he meditated on the word of god um, and heard him speak you got a verse first yeah go ahead no i'm there so the the other component of Eastern meditation versus Christian meditation is that in Eastern meditation, you center yourself to find inner peace, right? But the reality from what we learn from the word of God and the reality in our Christian faith is we know that apart from God, we are nothing, that we're empty, that we're, we're dead in our sin. So you could spend your entire life aligning your chakras, searching deep within, tapping into your inner self. And guess what? At the end of the day, you'll find nothing. You might find deception. You might find confusion. But you're, the answer that you need, we're hollow, we're empty. We're jars of clay. And the amazing thing about the Christian faith is that we have treasure in jars of clay, which is that from the outside, God puts the Holy Spirit within us. So the answer is not in and of ourselves. So other forms of meditation are never going to be the answer. They're never going to lead you to where you need to go. But Christian meditation, you center yourself on God. You center yourself on his word. You don't find a mantra that gives you peace and chant it over and over again. You take different scriptures that God impresses on your heart 
and you sit with them and you think about them and you unpack them and you ask God questions of what it means. And again, you, you picture and, and you know, scripture says, taste and see that the Lord is good. I think this is something, one of the things that we read that I thought was really powerful is that it explained that, uh, in the Hebrew, one of the key definitions of the word meditate is to imagine. And I think that if we could recapture the Christian imagination, I think so much of our Christian faith, we're, we're like, oh, it's about the word and preaching. And it's, it's kind of just like flat. And, and, and God is like, taste and see that I am good. And it's hard because we worship an invisible God, right? And we, we can't hear him. We can't. But the beauty is that he came in the flesh and he walked among us because he wanted us. He, he tells Thomas, like, put your hand in my side. Look at my hands. You know, he, he wants us to have that experience. He's like, look, I'm not a ghost. I can eat the fish with you after he resurrects. And he wants us to be able to imagine. And again, not visualize like the Eastern visualization, but that all of a sudden, as we meditate on the word, it says in uh, Hebrews 4.12, the word of God is living and active. Sharper than a double-edged sword, it penetrates and divides between soul and spirit, joints and marrow, judging the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. And if you just read it without the context of meditation, those thoughts seem kind of disconnected. But what happens is as we meditate, the invisible realm, the spiritual realm that's around us, because right now... This is what we taste and see. This is what we feel. This is what we experience, what's in front of us, right? But as you meditate, all of a sudden, the spiritual realm starts to become more and more and more of the realm that we realize is the true reality. That what we're experiencing, our circumstances, are not the end of the day. That what's happening in the spiritual realm is much more important than what's happening to you physically, and as we meditate, again, as you're, maybe you're going for a walk and God puts on your heart, you know, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. And as you're taking steps, like that scripture starts to become, and, and it starts to have nuanced meanings that you never realized were even there before because his word is living and active. It doesn't have just one flat meaning and interpretation, but God will take a 4,000 year old text and he will make it relevant to you right here, right now, today, in your circumstances. But in order for that to happen, we have to sit with it. We have to allow that process to happen. And again, not centering ourselves for our own inner peace, but centering ourselves on God and allowing him to give us peace. Again, after his resurrection, he says, my peace I give to you right? My peace I leave with you, not as the world gives. And he, he breathes peace onto them. So we, I, maybe I'm the only one, but I mean, we have anxiety, we have worries, we have stress and we need peace, but we're not going to get it from sitting there going, hum, and visualizing the light. We're going to get it from, from allowing God's word to fill us, um, until we overflow with that peace as we recite the scriptures, as we reflect on the scriptures, and again, even memorizing the scriptures, those are all components of it. Um, because then when, when we don't have the Bible right in front of us, if we've memorized it, then when you're in a tough place or you're stuck in traffic or whatever, and you shouldn't be Googling on your phone for like 
scripture verses for anxiety. <laughs> it'll just already be there and it'll rise up to the surface when you really need it. And it's the most incredible experience because you're like, I'm not that smart. The Holy Spirit just brought that back mm -hmm. because this is the moment when I needed it. And, the, and, and God becomes so real mm -hmm. and so relevant to that moment in time. And he meets us in our darkest hour. Um, and we don't have to have the whole world stop and be sitting there for three hours pouring over the scriptures. We could just be at a traffic light and have those 30 seconds and the Holy Spirit will meet us like right then and right there. Yeah. Just to kind of to testify on the, on the aspect of, the, of especially memorization, like Trish introduced at the beginning, um, this was, I mean, there's rabbis that memorized each and every word in the Torah. They memorized the prophets. They, they just memorized each and every word. And I, when I, back in the days when I was, when I was younger, I, I did a, I did an internship at a church in California and God kind of led me to memorize the book of James. The book of James is my favorite uh, book in the Bible. And I was like, you know what? It's, I like it. Let, let me see if I can memorize the whole book. And I started, I did a couple of verses. I did a chapter, two chapters. There's only five chapters, thank God. So it's not that long. But I realized that the most answers are in the Bible. It's when you know the Bible. And because I had to meditate, because I would read the, these verses every day, hundreds of times. So they were in my, in my, so when people would come up to me and ask me questions, it was a book of James would be the answer <laughs> because that's all I knew. Like my prayers were led by the book of James. My, my uh, confrontation to sin was answered with the book of James because I meditated on it so much. And that was the keys to me. And there's not all the answers in the book of James, but because I, I I poured myself so much into it, and it was always on my heart. That's all it could be. I think at the end of uh, at the end of the summer, people were like, "I know, I know, it's the book of James," you know. But it was it was just it was just there. And for me to imagine to have this scripture memorized and just know it, and just when things come our way, that. That's what pours out of our spirit. Like Trish said, when bad things happen, what comes out of it? Is it a curse word or is it a prayer or is it a verse? What comes out of you? Like when things come at you, like what pours out of your heart? Is it is it the frustration and anger and curses or, or there's or there's blessings? I'm, I'm thinking of Book of James. <laughs> you know, the, there shouldn't be. Should not come yeah. Anyways. So it's just one of those things. So just wanted to kind of testify in that aspect of being able to meditate. And if you take this scripture and meditate on it for a week, if it's God spoke to you, God pointed out to you, maybe it's a scripture that on your Bible lab that popped out and like, all right, this is cool. But what does this mean? All right, let's meditate on it for the day, for two days, for three days. You know, and like, what does God tell me through this? And I, I promise you that that time of meditating on that verse is not going to go in vain because there's going to be a point in your life where that scripture is going to empower you and speak to you and speak to those around you. And that's why it is so important. So like at the beginning, when, when I started this whole meditation thing, I was like, yeah, I don't know about this. But then as we, I looked into it, I was like, man, it's so powerful. It's so powerful. And then people are like, well, we're not perfect. We're not Jesus. We're not this. But, but if we keep the, his word in our hearts, 
and I love it. it says hidden it's it's right here so it, it gets it pops out it's, as soon as it's needed it's gonna be there so we talked uh, the other a couple weeks ago about prayer, right? And we said how you just pour yourself out, and then there's this conversation with God. And it, it says, and and maybe we can wrap here and just have a discussion. But it says in Philippians chapter four, uh, starting in verse six, uh, it actually we can even go back to verse four. It says, "Rejoice in the Lord always." I say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Okay, that's that pouring out where you leave it with God. And it says, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, and I love that word because it totally ties into this meditation conversation. It's God's peace, and it transcends our understanding, but will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. And it says, finally, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So it's again, it's not just scripture, but it's the things that you're taking in that you know are the promises of God, the, the words of encouragement that maybe someone spoke over your life. And we're not all great. I'm not great at memorizing scripture. I'm not going to lie. It's, it's a challenge for me. But that's not the only piece of meditation. What the, the goal of meditation, again, just to kind of summarize, is just picture this. It's this immersion. You're immersing yourself in the word of God. So whether that means that you, you know, the, the going where my husband started from Deuteronomy, where he says, when you, you know, when you lay down, when you get up, put it on your doorpost, put it on your gates. And so if we have to like put scripture post-it notes, like in your car and on your mirror and all around the house and, you know, it, just immerse yourself listening to worship music in the background, just saturating yourself with the word of God. Uh, so that it becomes part of the very fabric of who you are. And that's what meditation is. And, and again, we just want to reclaim that because that word, we don't really use that word in church. It's something, again, except for, for quoting the scripture that says like, you know, Joshua is like, do not let this book of the law <laughs> depart from your mouth, meditate on it day and night. You, you memorize these things. But, but the word meditate is very rarely talked about or practiced in the Christian community. And we want this to be something that's a discipline that we reclaim. And it's that immersing yourself, whether it's a single verse, whether it's a story um, of scripture, again, whether it's uh, just some words of encouragement that someone spoke prophetically into your life that you knew was a promise from the Lord, but just letting it resonate with you and, and not just going through our day mindlessly, but but thoughtfully and intentionally incorporating uh, the scripture into the fabric of our life. Um, for years, I actually had uh, one of those, it's not a Rolodex, but it was like scripture cards. There was, and I would just like every week, I would just flip through one and I would find one. And that would be like my theme verse and it would sit on my desk for, you know, for the week or so. Sometimes it would sit there for a month until I felt like I really grasped what, why that verse you know, struck me. So just finding creative ways to, to meditate and to allow yourself not to disconnect, but to actually find points of connection, 
um, in your spiritual life, connections to God, in just your everyday, just in the routine of your life. Yeah, like a couple of things, just, and we'll close with that, and then we're going to time of motivate. Yeah. Uh, a couple of things that this book, we, we've been talking about the celebration of discipleship. They talked about one of the ways you, just, you meditate is with scripture, which we've been talking a lot about. The other one is you meditate on the creation. Like as we walk, as you look at the trees moving, as the rain dropping, as if you go into a forest to enjoy the smell. Literally uh, taking time to stop and smell yeah, the flowers. Yeah, stop <laughs> and smell the soil because it's amazing. Like I always challenge uh, when I pray for bikers, I'm like, God, as they take miles upon miles on these roads, let them see the creation that you've made for them, how beautiful it is, uh, especially when you get out of Chicago. <coughs> but you know what? But looking at that, um, meditating on the world through Christ's eyes, like you, you look at the newspaper and you're like, you know, it's a hard thing, but okay, but let's look through the biblical truth of what's happening in the world and how we can look at it. Um, also, one of the ones, and we can, I'll share with you guys really quick, the palms down, palms up meditation. And I like this is when they talk, when you meditate, and I'm going to read it straight from the book. They say at some point when, when you're ready to meditate first, this is just an example. It says, Lord, I give to you my anger toward John. I release my fear of my dentist appointment this morning. I surrender my anxiety over not having enough money to pay the bills this month. I release my frustration over trying to find a babysitter for tonight. So it's just, it's like to start off, this is where it is, but they're like, this is where you should end. Lord, I would like to receive your divine love for John, your peace about the dentist appointment, your patience, your joy. It's it's taking the, the things that are, the, that's putting heavy on our hearts and bringing Christ into those situations. Mm -hmm. Let me meditate more, uh, even though this is what's concerning me, let me meditate more on what you have for this point, not for what uh, is kind of troubling me through this time. Uh, and the last one, there's also, and I think you kind of talked about the guided meditation that's oh, in this book. Yeah, no, I didn't. But we can just do it. Together. Yeah. So, and the last one is guided meditation where you you look at at a scripture or you look at a passage and there's different steps of uh, how to pay attention to that scripture. So I'll just, 